Welcome everyone to episode 453 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Today's topic, me and Will are going to be talking about the best games on the Xbox 360, uh, continuing this series that we haven't t- talked about in quite a while, I don't think. Uh, Will seems to think, and I and I agree, that the last one we did was best of the Xbox, the OG Xbox. Um, there is a slim possibility we could have already done this, but I don't believe so. There is a possibility that we have done this episode because yeah. it wouldn't um, have been the first time. No, it wouldn't be the first time we revisited an idea without realizing that we did. <laughs> we have 400. This is 453 uh, episodes. So uh, we've covered a lot of ground in our time. So it's bound to happen. Uh, we, d- we don't uh, we don't have an, an intern that we could be like, hey, did we do this already? What you know, and what new fresh ideas do we have? Especially during this quarantine time, uh, I have z- absolutely zero free time. So, um, so it's been hard to to keep up with everything. So, especially video game news. Luckily, there was a handful of things we can talk about during during uh, Nibble Bits this week. But um, yeah, but our main topic: best of the Xbox 360. It's up there with my favorite systems. It might be depending on what my mood is. It might might be my favorite system uh, of all time, console. I should say so. I don't know how you feel about that, Will. Uh, it's oh man, that's a tough, tough uh, thing to decide on. But yeah, it would definitely be. I mean, it was the most console that I played the most by far. Yeah. I mean, growing up, like might have been PlayStation and GameCube, but I mean, Xbox is where like I kind of grew up a gamer. So yeah, yeah the 360 again. I I got my 360. Um, did I get it? I must have gotten it like right. It was right about when I moved out onto my own. Uh, so, I, you know, after I got home from work, I would just play Xbox until I went to bed pretty much. So, uh, yeah, that was probably the system I played the most. It would be That's a coin. Too. Yeah, it would be a coin toss for me between the 360 and Super Nintendo on which I think would be the best console of all time. But um, yeah, but let's let's talk about games, first of all. Um, now, well, you're kind of in agreement with me on this, but I kind of had to stray away from it that in a lot of cases for these types of episodes, I like to do uh, mostly exclusives because I feel like if you're talking about a system like the Xbox 360, you you shouldn't put too many multi-platforms on there because it, it's available elsewhere. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that being said, I did have a couple of, of those games on here and a lot of stuff is multi-platform now and wasn't necessarily then, which we'll talk about, I'm sure when we get there, but. Um, but I like to try to keep exclusives on there. There's a couple that aren't. Um, but again, there's, there's a couple that aren't as of recently and not, not back when the 360 was in its heyday. So, yeah, I mean, I try to, with this episode, I'm only going to be doing exclusives just because I want to try and keep it as close to that actual console as possible for the mm-hmm. games that launch. But this one was very tough. I think thought that there was more exclusives for the 360 than there actually were some games were originally exclusives and have since been multi-platform like the mass effect series is an example uh the first two i believe were only on xbox and then it has branched out since then yeah so they kind of get honorable mentions for sure but Mm -hmm. i think they can be included because they were original xbox games yeah uh another thing too is i feel like this is the first generation that really did a lot more multi-platform games you know this is when some mega franchises started uh was on this generation of consoles 
Uh, and that's when they started going multi-platform a lot more than, than in previous generations, even the OG Xbox, I don't feel like had as many multi-platform games as the 360. And, and this is the, the Xbox 360, um, PS3 generation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, first game, what do you got? Uh, first game is going to be left for dead. And I actually didn't know that this was an Xbox only game. But oh, it really? is, in fact, an Xbox-only game. Uh, and that is one of the more fun exclusives that there is out there. I mean, Left 4 Dead is a game that is very intense because you're constantly fighting off zombies and trying to make it to the safe house in these kind of, at the time, you know, pretty open maps. They're not as, you know, we kind of get spoiled today with how some of the games are built because they're pretty incredible with how expansive they are. But, you know, at the time, Left 4 Dead had a very expansive uh, maps on there that you would be able to play and try to escape zombies with a team of four. And it was a really fun multiplayer game to play with all of your friends. And I always really appreciated uh, having that game as an option to play with friends. So um, I really, really wish Valve would make a new uh, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, they're they're kind of stuck on twos, aren't they? Yeah, they are, and I don't really know because I feel like Left 4 Dead Three would be a huge hit. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what the holdup is for it, that. If done correctly, I think I think you're right. I think it could be a huge hit. Because really, if you think about it, we haven't really gotten zombie games anymore. Because hmm. can you think of the last zombie game that came out? It would probably be State of Decay Two. Yeah, which came out two years ago, maybe. I think it came out last did year. It, did it come out early last year? Yeah, I want to say it was like quarter one. Oh, I think you're right. Because I know I downloaded it and just never played it. Well, no, I downloaded it and I played it for like an hour. And then I yeah. forgot about it and moved on. But I think you're right. I think Because I, I think we were in this house, which would have, you know, we moved in here about a year and a half ago. So Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, there was a run there where we were getting only zombie games for a while. But now that's not really, really a thing anymore. Actually, my friends have been talking about how we wish we had, like, uh, Call of Duty World at War zombies again. Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to play that just for, you know, a fun zombie game. So, and I mean, the multiplayer in Left 4 Dead was always really fun, too, because the other team got to play as the zombies, which was something that, you know, was kind of new because people, like, didn't get to play as the enemy faction. Uh, for these types of games for a while. And now that, you know, Left 4 Dead was one of the first games to really implement multiplayer in that fun of a way, in my opinion. So, yeah. Uh, huge fan of Left 4 Dead. So, yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first game on my list is Fight Night Round 3. Uh, I was Good never, game. yeah, I was never really, I was never into boxing. I kind of, I think I like boxing more now than I did back when I played Fight Night. Um, but what an incredible it just the the controls for it are are perfect because the right thumbstick through punches with the right hand the left thumbstick through punches with the with the left hand it just mm-hmm. controlled so perfectly well and, and it just works so well for a boxing game i'm shocked that ea has not done another one of these or not recently like i would buy it yeah. in a heartbeat uh, you know no question xbox one i would i would have it it would be a day one purchase for me uh, I don't remember. Uh, there's like a storyline and stuff like that. I don't really remember much of that. Um, but yeah, what a great fighting game. I I wish there was better like hour trackers back then because yeah. I I probably spent hundreds of hours playing Fight Night Round Three. Um, yeah. So what what an I, incredible game. Honestly, 
you mentioning that game brings back a lot of memories of playing that game. And I like the concept of boxing and I wish it was more popular today because yeah. I don't really care about UFC. That I much. don't like UFC at all. I prefer boxing hands down. Me too. Like, I wish I was alive during the heyday of, like, boxing. Like, in the late 60s, 70s with Muhammad Ali and all of that and being able to actually, you know, get to experience the kind of excitement and hype that the boxing games, you know, did or the actual boxing fights actually had. But now that I don't really have that same gusto anymore because everybody loves UFC. So I was really, like, playing the the boxing games because they were, in my opinion, one of the better sports games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I said, controls perfectly. It's funny as we're talking about this. There's a a UFC ad going on one of the websites that I have up. So that's 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 just perfect. The time perfectly. <laughs> I don't know if it's listening to me or if this was here all along and I just noticed it. But yeah, but uh, I, yeah. Who, also, not a fan. Knows. Not a fan of UFC. I feel like that's a harder thing to translate to a video game than boxing is. Too. I haven't played a UFC game re- uh, recently. I guess they've mm-hmm. gotten better, but. Uh, but you know, boxing is, you know, it's chest or belt up for punches. It's only punches. You don't have to control kicks or, or anything like that. So it just translates so much easier. Like you said, it's probably the most, I don't want to say realistic because it's not realistic, but it translates the best of any sport. I think into, into a video game. I think you're, I think you're right on the money with that. Will. Yeah, I would totally agree that it translates probably the best level of the games because like football games are kind of hard to do because it's a lot of AI to do. Yeah. Uh, basketball games do pretty well. Hockey games are all right. But boxing, you know, it's just one on one. And if you mm-hmm. can get a, a fun fighting mechanic down, which Fight Night Round 3 really did have, uh, it's a pretty awesome video game. Mm-hmm. Next up, Will. Uh, kind of mentioned it already. The Mass Effect one and two; those games were original Xbox, and you got to give those games a shout out because, like, you know, Microsoft taking a chance on Bioware to put out a, a IP mm-hmm. uh, that nobody really kind of expected anything out of, and you know, it was a huge hit, and it's kind of made Mass Effect what it is today. Uh, I was actually interested to look what year Mass Effect came out, and I found out that Assassin's Creed and Mass Effect started in the same year, like maybe a month apart around. Yeah. So, which that's really cool. Cause those are two of my favorite franchises. Uh, I, re- I remember, I remember that time period vividly because again, that was, uh, you know, I worked and then I played video games and that's all I did. I played mass effect. Probably. I bet you I beat the first mass effect like 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I liked it that much. Uh, I like the second one better. I think the controls are, are, are significantly better, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the first one, it was it was game changing and, um, you know, now it doesn't hold up necessarily as well. But yeah, back then it was it was amazing. It, what was that like 2004? Did that come out? 2005? Two, was seven. that late? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was seven. I'll check real quick. Wow, that's surprising. Mass Effect. I guess I moved into my apartment in 2004. Uh, November 16th, 2007. Okay. Well, that's a little bit later than I would have thought, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that, that was my heyday for gaming really, you know? And for reference, Assassin's Creed came out November 13th, 2007. So they were three days apart from each other. (laughs) And I know I got both of them. I know I did at launch. titans because i yeah the gaming industry yeah i mean i got i i got everything back then no, you know no matter what that was that was a time period when i bought every new game that came out so 
Were there, was there a lot of like build up and hype around Mass Effect and Assassin's Creed, or were people like not really sure? Um, you know, I don't remember that. I'm sure there was there was some hype. Uh, I knew, I, like, I was into the Mass Effect because of the, the whole sci-fi thing, uh, mm-hmm. and then Assassin's Creed was also up my alley because it was historical, and yeah. I really, really liked that it was set, you know, during the Crusades in in the 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 Middle East. I thought that was awesome. So um, I know I was hyped for them. I don't know about the general games media. It was a little hard. It was a lot harder to gauge back then because you only had, you know, the inter- it wasn't like the internet is today. You only had yeah. like official magazine stuff like there was weird internet forums that i really didn't take part in but it wasn't anything like it was was today uh beardless says there was definitely hype for mass effect among bioware fans okay i don't think it caught on outside of those circles that is good to know beardless until two yeah i could see that i i know the hype was through the roof for two especially for me that that makes sense because i mean was the only thing bioware kind of did at that point knights of the old republic and they did I think that I think that's why I knew about Mass Effect. It was because I was paying attention because of Knights of the Old Republic. There was Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Republic Two, and th- that I was a big fan of um, those games specifically. So, yeah. So I guess yeah, that makes sense if you're kind of plugged into Bioware, and Bioware is one of those developers that like people get plugged into and kind of yep. like follow because mm-hmm. um, those games were massive hits for people. People love yeah. Star Wars, so yeah. Um, it would make sense that people would be paying attention to Mass Effect if they were already plugged into the Bioware kind of ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I had to get, I had to, as I said, they're now multi-platform, but at the time they were not multi-platform. So I wanted to give a shout out to the Mass Effect games because yeah. those are, those are classics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next game on my list is Viva Pinata. Yeah, I, was, I have this on my list, too. <laughs> uh, so Viva Pinata was my Stardew Valley before there was Stardew Valley. It was my Zen game that I played when I, uh, you know, when I, you have a, a rough stretch of days or whatever, and you just wanted something to chill. It was very car- bright and colorful. Uh, there was some farming aspects and breeding aspects to it. Um, I honestly, at this point, don't remember that much about it. I have it on my Xbox One, actually, but it's part of the rare replay. I swear one of these days I'm going to fire it up just just to revisit it because as i said i don't really remember much about it at this point um but that was that was definitely my zen game uh back in the day mm-hmm. we were, me and my friends were actually talking about that game about a month or two ago and how awesome that game was but in high school we didn't want to go around talking about <laughs> advertising it yeah that we're viva pinata fans and it was kind of a funny thing that we all were like yeah definitely because so that would have been a good dorky that would have been a good guilty pleasure game back then for you Definitely. guys but that game was amazing yeah was. Uh, i would love for a new one to be coming out yeah i don't know what outside of sea of thieves i don't know what else rare is working on yeah other than sea of thieves as you, as you said probably that's the main thing on their agenda yeah. right i would imagine yeah the new new content for sea of thieves which kind of bums me out i'd rather see more viva pinata than more sea of thieves stuff yeah they got some cool stuff that they could do uh next will we got uh my next one dan fable 2 yep uh i think fable 2 is the most popular one on the podcast right that's my favorite definitely i I love both two and three um 
But I mean, I'm pretty sure three was multi-platform, but two was not. So I mean, two had the the dog in it too as your companion, mm-hmm. which you know, if you throw a dog in any video game, I'm already on board. Even yeah. Call of Duty did it, and I was on board. So. Yeah um i mean that was a fantastic game it's actually a game that i want to go back and play again just to experience it for the because i probably haven't played fable two or three since they came out so fable two came out and like maybe i'm gonna check because i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i uh i also had fable two specifically on my list i liked fable but i felt like the first fable was um i don't want to say proof of concept but it like they they didn't get everything in there that they wanted to i felt like Mm -hmm. fable 2 uh improved upon fable 1's formula uh made some positive changes made made it better and then fable 3 i was really really hyped for uh more than more than the other two well no i shouldn't say that i was really hyped for the first fable um uh, but i felt like they under delivered a little bit um fable 2 uh obviously was really good but then fable 3 um the whole revolution thing was like built up as as the game and you find out like that's only about half the game and i felt like the second half of the game was a lot less interesting than building up the revolution you know and and overthrowing the the i think the king is your brother maybe uh overthrowing the the king and and taking over but like i said the second half of the game was just not nearly as interesting so Fable 2 came out October 21st of 2008. Fable 3 mm-hmm. came out October 26th of 2010. Okay. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um. So I agree with you about the second half of Fable 2, because I are 3. I remember liking the second half of Fable 3, mm-hmm. but looking back on it, if I remember correctly, it was just like this generic darkness is yeah. taking over the world. Yep. And you have to like fight it off, if I remember correctly. And like thinking about that, the whole concept of you overthrowing your brother as a uh, king is way more interesting and way yeah. cooler. Yeah. Uh, I would like to go back and play that. I, all f- two, Fable 2 and 3 are on backwards compatibility, I'm pretty sure. Fable 1 is too. I have Fable 1 and Fable 2 downloaded. <clears throat> Ooh, I would be very uh, interested in going back and playing Fable 2 and 3. Yeah. And I haven't played 1 either, though. So It's the remastered one, too. Uh, I have that on both pc and xbox one fable 2 is not on pc but fable 3 is on pc i actually played fable 3 on pc i want to say three or four years ago i wonder if fable 2 is not on pc i'm not sure i tried to look that up one time and i don't think i ended up ever getting a definitive answer yeah and i also remember they were all on steam and then they weren't and then they might be again i don't really know yeah, I'm not sure. I just know I have them. I have them on my in my Steam library. So, um, if you ever want to play them on PC, I'd pr- I know you'd probably prefer Xbox, especially because of the achievements. You know. Yeah, I actually have recently discovered I haven't gotten my Doom achievements yet, and I'm kind of really bummed out about that because mm-hmm. I played that game offline, and I'm a very big achievement uh, snob. So, yeah, haven't gotten over that yet. Okay. Um, that was your game, right? Yep. All right. Uh, so my next one is Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins was excellent. Uh, I love the crap out of that game. I ended up with a real life crush on Morrigan in the game. <laughs> uh, I, that's another one I played through. I don't know, probably three or four times. And that one's a lot more lengthy too than uh, than than Mass Effect was. Um, but you know, it's, 
it, it's the you know fantasy medieval uh, Mass Effect, I guess. It's not the same type of game at all, but uh, they both kind of came out in similar time periods. Um, and I've since uh, gotten that on, and played it on PC, um, and it's it's quite good there too. But yeah, Dragon Age Origins was 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 excellent. The Dragon Age series is kind of a dark hole in my gaming. Oh, okay, never, you don't have that one? I played Inquisition briefly, and that was it. I haven't played Origins 2 or 3. Oh, okay. So, or well, I played a little bit of 3 would be Inquisition, correct? Yeah, Dragon Age okay. 3 is Inquisition, yep. Yeah, so I, I've only played a little bit of that one, and that was it. And I feel like it's right up my alley, too. Yeah, it's really good. So... Yeah. So that's my next game. What do you got, Will? Halo 3. Uh-huh. I mean, best Halo by far, still to this day, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Halo 3 was the quintessential shooter mm-hmm. for the 360. Like, when you tell me Xbox 360, the first thing I will think of is, like, Halo 3, Halo ODST, like, that little run of games that mm-hmm. came out. Uh, Combat Evolved came out the remaster right after that as well. So mm-hmm. um, I look back very, very, very fondly on Halo Three. It was the most fun shooter. Um, you know, during those days of Halo Three, I was playing Call of Duty World at War as well. Like that was like the pinnacle of me playing shooters mm-hmm. online. So um, I literally cannot wait for Halo Three to come on PC so I can start playing it again because that. I'm going to be heavy back into it for sure. Yeah. Halo three is my definitely my favorite online Halo. I have that on my list also. Uh, Halo reach was my favorite Halo campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite. Other than maybe the first one, which I also really liked. That was my, that was my favorite Halo campaign, but yeah, Halo three. Again, it was the game. Like I would come home from work and I would play it. It was funny because, you know, our cousin Chris will live next door. We went to the Midnight Halo launch together at at GameStop, and we we made a friend when we were there who was uh, a ringer in Halo 3 because we played with him a couple times, and he was was head and shoulders above above where we were. Oh, so good. Uh, (laughs) We couldn't couldn't keep up with him, but we would, like, we would get, we would run to the store after we got out of work. We'd get a 12-pack, and we'd go home, and we'd drink beer and play Halo until we went to bed not every day but at most days it was it was that and it was just so because he would go next door into our yeah. sister's apartment that he was he you know he had had taken over for the for the summer and fall and then uh yeah we would play for forever yeah i wish i was a part of that i was what i think halo 3 came out in 2007 which I'm going to check that because that's a heck of a year for gaming. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, uh, as, you, as you're listing off these release years, I'm like, oh, my God. September 25th, 2007. Oh, what a tough fall. I wonder what ended up winning game of the year that year for, for multiple things because there's some good stuff on there. Bioshock came out that year. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Portal. What? <laughs> is, that the be- is that the best year of games ever? Dan, Super Mario Galaxy. What? Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, Guitar Hero 3, The Witcher, God what? of War 2, Rock Band. That's got to be the best year ever for video games. It has to Ratchet be. And, Ratchet and Clank. That's got to be. Oh, my God. 
I'm there at Metroid Prime 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look up what one game of the year that year. Yeah, for I mean, I, I don't know that there was a, like a Game Awards back then, a one specific one. Um, but the, you know, like IGN, GameStop, what are, what are their games of the year? That's that's fascinating. Man, I am very shocked. List of game of the year awards. Let's see. Um, we, we, Bioshock on this one that I'm seeing from the British Academy Games. Okay. Uh, Dice Awards was Call of Duty Four. Uh huh. Electronic Gaming Award eh, that didn't have anything that year. Uh, the Game Awards, formerly Spike Video Games Awards, was Bioshock. Oh, wow. Uh, game Developer's Choice was Portal. Okay. Gears of War was Golden Joystick Awards. So that oh, came Gears, out Gears of War came out in 2017? Oh, my God. Dan, is that the best year of gaming? It's got to be. There, I don't know that there's another comparable year that had that many. Just. Fran- literal franchises yeah wow do you want to know who won the japan game awards yeah we Mario- sports we sports no way yeah. so that must be the year the Wii came out oh man let's look the, the, uh super mario like galaxy it. yeah it sounds like it or it might have been late 2006 nintendo we release date okay november 19th 2006 okay so that was like its first full year yeah so yeah we discovered 2007 was the greatest year ever for video games yeah i mean i'll have to look into it later but i don't know that there's another year that can compare to that it'd be i don't really like reddit but they would be a good source for this to just say what is like the best year yeah gaming yeah Get other people's opinions on it. Yeah, because honestly, 2007 sounds like the peak. Yeah, so you mentioned Bioshock. Bioshock was also on my list. This is probably not a shocker. Uh, I loved the first Bioshock. It's another one I played through multiple times. Uh, the twist ending is fabulous, and, and I, I didn't see it coming. Um, so good. Can't say enough good things about Bioshock. Uh, one of the best atmospheres probably in, in, in any game, especially to that point. Um, yeah. So. Just because I'm curious, I'm going to look up when it came out. I wonder if that was a fall game or a earlier I game. I want to say that was earlier in the year. Uh, I think that was a spring release, if I remember correctly. Close. August 21st. Okay. So summertime. Summer. Yeah, I mean, Bioshock Infinite still is, like, one of my favorite games ever. And, like, Bioshock 1 is right up there. Yeah. So the only reason why I have Infinite higher is just because I was around when that game came out. I was not I was way too scared to play the first Bioshock when it came out. Oh, sure. I could see that. Because I was, like, 10. Mm-hmm. It's terrified. I'd like to go back and play the remastered version and see how well it holds up. I, I, it, that's, I haven't played Bioshock, the first Bioshock, probably since... I don't think I played it all on PC. I, I I don't think I've touched it since I I got rid of my 360. So I want to say it holds up very well. Okay. I have the collection on Xbox, but I let a friend borrow it and I forgot about it until gotcha. just now. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I have the remastered one and two on on PC, so maybe I'll yeah. fire those up. I know I didn't like two as much as the first one, and then uh, obviously Bioshock Infinite is my favorite of the series just because of the 
the incredible, the incredible setting, first of all. Yeah, I mean, if you had to pick one Bioshock game, Dan, which one do you pick? The first one, second one, or the third one? It would be, well, in, it would infinite. be infinite, definitely. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I loved Infinite to death. So. But it's hard, because even Bioshock 2 doesn't really get any credit for being as good as it is. Yeah. In my opinion, at least. Sure. All right, what do you got next, Will? Uh, mentioned it very briefly, but Gears of War 2, 3, first one. I was the biggest fan of the third one, though. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought Gears of War 3 was the most fun, because Horde Mode was like what we know of Horde World now. Like mm-hmm. It was so much fun to play. I was so bad at the multiplayer, though, so I never really got heavy into Gears of War because of that. Um, it's, it's, really gr- it's completely yeah. different than, than any other shooter, you know, the way it plays online. 100%, 100%. And that's, like, the only issue that I have with it and why I wouldn't be ranked higher on a shooter that I love just because, like, it plays so different. Campaign's fun, Horde's fun, but I was just not able to compete online. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the only reason why I don't speak of it higher. Um, but I loved, you know, playing Gears of War 3 especially. Like, that was a fantastic game. I loved the story. Um, brutal with the chainsaw, with the lancer, just mm-hmm. cutting up the, the locust. Like, so cool. Yeah, so I remember spending countless hours sitting on my coffee table in my living room uh, in our house and playing with uh, Eric and Jeff the horde mode mm-hmm. it was funny because we played uh, i played a horde mode with jeff and eric and Corey, and then jeff's brother like gears when gears 5 came out so mm-hmm. i just i just realized it was kind of like the same group uh, you know core i don't think Corey played gears 3 horde mode with us but um yes yeah, other than that it was it was the same same crew it's interesting i would like All to these play years gears later. 5 to be honest gears 5 horde mode is is it's a blast uh we i mean i think we put a good three and a half or four hours into into beating a horde mode uh one night it was it was a lot of fun i played through maybe half the story uh which i liked too it's multi-plat multi or it's cross-platform too so i was playing on pc and uh everyone else was on their xboxes so uh again that's a a major benefit of of gaming in today's age is the cross-platform stuff so yeah i mean that's amazing to be able to do that Mm -hmm. i just I love that that's becoming a modern thing where you can play with your friends on whatever console. Yep. Yeah. So gears, I put, I put the first gears of war only because that was like, I, like I loved that. Um, gears three, like, I don't remember the stories in them that much, just a little bit. Uh, but you know, obviously the first game in the franchise kind of sets the tone for the rest of it. And, uh, gears was so dark and gritty and, and, uh, it was, it was more tactical than like any of the other shooters I had been playing to that point. It, it, it did the, uh, you know, the cover cover shooter type of thing, which was different at the time than, than a lot of other things that you played. So, uh, yeah. but it also worked really well with a controller, which, you know, back then was important, important to me. Now it's, it's, it works fine on PC, uh, too, but yeah, that was, that was different than anything I had played to that point. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gears of War. Uh, next on my list, I have Kingdoms of Amalur. Did you put Kingdoms of Amalur on your list, Will? I did not. Uh, I forgot about that game, to be yeah. honest with you. Was I don't, it exclusive? It was exclusive, yes. It was not on PlayStation. Yeah, um, that, 
that game's amazing. Yeah, so that's obviously one that uh, we talked about games that are multi-platform. Now, most of these games are available on other things at this point. A lot of them are on PC. A lot of them have remastered versions that you can get on, on uh, today's consoles. Um, but yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur uh, blew my mind with its awesome combat system. It also did something that I really wish a lot more games did, and that's when you when you touched a lore stone, it would have voiceover for the lore. And you could keep playing the game while getting the bits of the story. You know, too many games, you have to go into a menu and and pause it and, like, you know, futz around to get the storyline. Bioshock is another game that does that well um, with the, the uh, what is it in Bioshock? The voxophones that you find them. Yep, and, and the characters will talk while you're still playing the game. I think that's the best way to do that sort of thing. Because I like all that stuff. To me, that adds to the world that you're that you're playing playing the game in. Um, but I don't always want to go into a menu and listen to something or read something while I'm playing the game. I want to have it read to me while I'm still playing the game. So, uh, that was awesome. But really like you're talking with kingdoms of Amalur, you're talking awesome combat system. I don't remember the story at all. Um, story if I remember correctly was largely meh, but yeah, what made up for it is the lore of the world. Yep. The gameplay just being so good yeah the, the world itself too was was quite incredible if i remember yeah like i'm actually watching gameplay right now i just remember like doing the magic was so cool and like i don't know I, uh, this is bringing back a lot of memories what year did that come out i think that was i think we had started that po- the podcast when 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 because we're talking we started the podcast in 2011 I think yeah. it came out after that because I'm pretty sure we did an episode on it. February seventh of 2012, so it was like our first year. Yeah, so we so we would have, we would have covered that one. I'm pretty sure we did an episode on Kingdoms of Amalur. I'm almost uh, positive we did. I'll have I think to look we back and really liked it. Yeah, no, I think I think we did too. Um, so yeah, what a, what a great game. As far as I know, it holds up pretty well. I feel like Tito played it recently, like within the past couple years, and said it was still really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was, I wonder if that's on backwards compatibility for the Xbox. Probably not. Let me check. Because I think it's might. It might not be because of its the developers uh, dead. Yeah. Wait, didn't someone else? Someone else bought the rights to that though. Uh, today, Microsoft announced that Aliens vs Predators, Kingdoms of Amalu, are Reckoning, and Sonic Unleashed are backwards compatible. Hmm. I I wonder if you can buy it in the store because that's the game I'd rather play on the Xbox than on PC. It just it works more seamlessly. Uh, to... Who owns the rights to glad you're Kingdoms looking all this stuff up, Will. THQ Nordic. Okay, I knew someone had bought it. Uh, that's a good fit, really. I think we talked about that when, when that whole transaction went down, but that is... A... Oh, yeah. Beardless says THQ Nordic owns Amalur. Yeah, that's a, that's a good fit, I think. They did a lot for reviving like dead franchises, and I, I love it. Yeah, you know what? Being a Yankee fan, Kingdoms of Amalur is the only thing good that Kurt Schilling gave us. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That is a good point. So yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur. I'm gonna when I go upstairs, I'm gonna look into buying that again on the Xbox. I think you can. But go ahead, Will. Next see- game. I'm almost positive you can. Um, my next one is, and you know, I, I say this all the time. I am not a big racing fan in any way, shape, or form. But 
Forza Horizon, fantastic game, and Forza Horizon 2 was uh, an Xbox 360 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also an Xbox One game as well. I'm pretty sure they were released around the same time. Or uh, dual launch on the 360 and the, the One. So uh, Forza Horizon is just like a plain fun racing game. I am not a big car person. I know nothing about cars, but I can appreciate those games just because like racing is a big part of the game, but it's not car nerdy like the Forza Motorsport game, like the the main franchise is. Uh, it's more, you know, scenic driving and doing races and doing challenges and stuff like that. And I always really, really enjoy that as opposed to like tinkering with the things on my tires to be able to blah, 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 maximize whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That's still kind of there, but it's not as like important in my opinion in the Forza horizon games and i mean forza horizon 4 is probably my favorite in the series like that game is amazing so yeah. um they just keep getting better and better and it's always a, a release that i look forward to uh for them to come out so um very i think very fondly of forza horizon 2 and as i said if anybody who isn't even a racing fan i think they should check those games out because they're pretty fun yeah absolutely i can't say enough good things about the the forza horizon series <clears throat> Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Next on my list, Dragon's Dogma. Oh yeah. Did you, did you play Dragon's Dogma? No, I played it very, very briefly, but I got confused on I think the pawn mechanic, and okay. that was when I was like sixteen and just didn't really want to put in the time to figure it out, so I stopped. Yeah. Uh, so Dragon's Dogma is another one that we. <clears throat> that we covered i don't know if we did an episode on it maybe we did might have been a dual episode on the kingdoms or uh, dragon's dogma and something else um but yeah i think that came out in 2012 also maybe maybe 2000 now nah, probably 2012 um because as i said we had started this this podcast but uh that's a game that has a lot of awesome elements to it <clears throat> first of all you know all the all the character customization the pawn stuff is really cool for the for the multiplayer features so you create your own pawn in the game and that's the character that that you customize it follows you around and helps you uh it learns things about the game world that you that you're in and then you can have up to four or you can have three pawns in your party your pawn and two other pawns um that you can get from friends or you can get from the multiplayer universe i don't remember precisely how the summoning system thing summoning thing uh, works but you can like essentially buy someone else's pawn so they'll go your pawn will go into someone else's game and help them in their game world with with things you learned in your game world they'll get experience from being over there and bring back reap some benefits that that come back to you uh which is a really really cool system and that i'm shocked has not been put in anything else that i'm aware of um i would love to see that you know put into other things i think that would be really cool but <clears throat> Nothing doing uh, as of yet. Dragon's Dogma came out May 22nd of 2012, Dan. 2012, okay. I, th- I thought it might um, have been a 2012 game. Uh, I actually recently, because of quarantine, been doing. I've been watching a lot of YouTube, and I like to watch like what people rate the best RPGs. And I know people have their opinion of IGN, but uh, for like open-world RPGs, Dragon's Dogma was on that list for like top open-world RPG. Oh, yeah. person mm-hmm. who did the video. No so. question. Um, uh, the, I mean, the combat is also uh, incredible. It, it, it's, 
I don't, it's even hard to describe, but like you can mix and match uh, mage, warrior, and like archer abilities uh, to your liking. And, and I really enjoyed playing like a magic archer. So you would fire bolts of magic out of your bow. Um, but you got to climb all the big monsters. Like it did a sense of scale a lot better than a lot of other games that I've played. Um, cause you would be climbing up and stabbing these giant enemies. And like, so you'd be fighting a Griffin <clears throat> and you climb up, up on it and stab it. And it would try to fly up in the air and like drop you off from a really high height and kill you from, you know, just because it's flying around while you're, while you've climbed on it and stabbed it. Um, but it also did dark really well. Yeah, like when it I got dark this. in the game, if you weren't in a town or had like a way to light your path, it was dark and you were not going anywhere because it was dangerous at night. All the really tough bad guys came out. I had one story that I remember like it happened yesterday. <clears throat> I got trapped out in the dark. I don't remember the circumstances of how it happened, um, but I saw this glowing in the distance. So I was like, sweet. So I wandered over and there was this like it was like a fairy fountain from uh, from Legend of Zelda. And it was glowing and there was all these like skeletons like dancing around in it. Um, but I was able to like hunker down there and because there's no fast travel in the game either. There there gets to be a system that you can you could do a little bit of fast traveling, but not really. Um, so, yeah, I, I just waited out the night. It was I feel like it was like I don't know if it was an hour, um, but it was it was a, it was a decently long time that I that I survived in this this glowing fountain in the middle of nowhere. Uh, before I could get back to town later on, it felt long enough that you're like, "This is taking a while." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was it was awesome. Like I loved that about that game. Uh, I've got a lot of fond memories about that uh, about that game. I think I played I played it on PC not that long ago, maybe three or four years ago, a little bit. Um, it was <clears throat> it was really cool. Uh, I remember people when we like again when we first started doing this podcast, people u- using my pawn because I had I played the crap out of that game when it came out. And when we talked about it, people went out and bought it, and they used my pawn, and my pawn was very overpowered for where they were. I want to say it was Jake that that used my pawn, and it was very overpowered for for the for the parts of the game that he was in. So <clears throat> I want to say you're right with that. It was yeah. Jake that uh, that think... bought the game and and used your pawn and said, "Yeah, Dan's pawns were really good." <laughs> yeah. So um, that that game's so good. And it's on Switch now, too. And one of these days, I swear I will buy it on Switch. It is on Switch. I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. Didn't they do a remaster, too, for, like, the current gen consoles? Yeah. Yeah, it's come out a couple times, I think. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's definitely worth a buy. Absolutely. All right, well, what do you got next? Uh, This game... I'm almost positive isn't exclusive anymore, but was at the time. And this is actually also a divisive game on the podcast, but Alan Wake, mm-hmm. I thought Alan Wake was a pretty fun game. that told a pretty cool story. Um, I like that kind of horror thrill game that they, that they go for um, that studio. So I remember being a really big fan of that and just like being outside and like this weird spooky town like trying to like have these people come to murder you uh i remember being on the edge of my seat for a lot of that game and i was a huge fan of it so was that remedy um, remedy yep okay uh, i did they, not i did not actually play alan wake i know eric did and wasn't a fan and i'm pretty sure Corey agreed with eric i think surprise yeah i think they liked it to a point and then one of the stages or something they that that made them stop playing it up with it i feel like it had something to do with a cornfield 
yeah, I think you're right. I didn't, I remember exactly where they were. Okay, yeah, that that that's all I can think about with them for that game. I think I think you're right. I think they they both either oh, I want to say maybe Corey powered through it, but that was where Eric gave up. But that was where it turned for Corey. Yeah, maybe. I, that's yeah. You're definitely right. I'm almost positive. Okay. So, Alan Wake. Alan Wake, uh, yeah, that's I get, that's on my list of games to play. It's, I've got it on my Steam library. Maybe someday. Although I keep saying that, and like now is the time to like get game time in, and I'm playing Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing. So <laughs> there's that. It's all right, Dan. I'm on my 98th hour of Persona. <laughs> nice. It's royal. So uh, next on my list is The Witcher Two. Witcher Two. Uh, I. Did not know anything about The Witcher. I didn't know about The Witcher 1 when it first came out. Uh, the Witcher 2, just, I don't even know what it was about it that, that got me interested. And I don't even know if I got it at launch or if I got it later. Um, but The Witcher 2 got me in love with The Witcher series. Uh, I loved Geralt of Rivia. I loved how uh, mature and political the game world was in that. Um, mm. Yeah, it was, a, it was an excellent game. Uh, I don't know how well it holds up now. It's been a few years since I played it. I know the first Witcher does not hold up well. So No, that game was awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's mods that you can install to make it more playable, but I'm not going not gonna to do that at this point. But yeah, The Witcher 2, um, good stuff. Obviously, The Witcher 3 is a masterpiece. but Which uh, Corey has been playing. Corey has so. been playing it, yes. Um, hopefully, I kind of want him to come on so we can talk about it because I know he was very anti that game. Yeah. Uh, Not very anti. I don't want to put the words in his mouth, but. Yeah, and I know he said he's he's liked it, but some of his complaints about it stand. Uh, And he never gave any clarification on what that was. I think Eric asked, um, but he didn't clarify. So maybe he'll he will come on and talk about it. I would love, yeah, I would love to hear what he uh, what he thinks of it because I actually been considering giving that game a go. It's incredible. I thought it was on Game Pass, um, and I was going to install. It it's not anymore. It got oh, taken no. off. Well, I don't have it anymore. Then. <laughs> yeah, no, it got taken off because I went. To, I was like, you know what? I feel like playing The Witcher Three because Corey was talking about. It. I was like, oh man, and I was like, I haven't. I don't have anything out really that I want to play on the Xbox, so I'll just play The Witcher. Um, yeah. Just because, it, like, at this point, I can play the Xbox a little bit more because we have the second TV in our living room. It's not a game I'm going to play with the kids around, obviously, because it's it's very mature. But absolutely um, not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I can I can play stuff on the TV, and you know, if my wife wants to sit out in the living room and watch something on the other TV, that's fine. Um, so I went to, I went to install it and play it, and it was not available on on Xbox Game Pass. So that's a huge bummer. Looks yeah. like I won't be able to play it for a bit. Yeah. It's cheap By though. Way, you, if you you can find it on sale for like ten bucks at, at times. Yeah, and even with the game of the year, it's like twenty five. Like yeah. it's nothing. This is also a little off topic from the main segment, but I've had a huge hankering for Xenoblade Chronicles too. Oh, okay. I don't know why, or why. I I don't know. I don't know why, but I really want to play it for some reason. Uh huh. So. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. Now's the time to get into that sort of stuff. I know, got, right? Got nothing but time. Well, the thing is, is Corey 
is getting its PlayStation. I'm almost positive, like within the next couple of days. So we're gonna have Final oh, Fantasy Seven. That's so right. So I've been putting on a huge push for Persona. The gotcha. Last couple of days. So you can get that done and and concentrate on Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, any other games? Will. Yes, I have two. One is multi-platform now, but wasn't for a very long time, and that's Castle Crashers. That's mm-hmm. by far my favorite indie game, I think. Uh, me and my friends have a lot of fond memories of playing that game. I mean, Behemoth Games it makes a style of game that's like very humorous, but the humor is also very potty humory. Like It's very like kids humory, in my opinion, because uh-huh. um, it's a lot of poop and poop joke fart joke stuff like that nice. but they nice. have a they, they have a charm to okay. them and i mean i remember like suggesting battle block theater to the podcast and Corey played it being like what is this game it's ridiculous but also really liking it yeah so, um it's a their style of game isn't for everybody but the stuff that they do make is really really good and they they're one of those studios that changes up every like genre of game that they make for every game which is pretty cool so nice um castle crashers love that game okay and also my last one have to give a shout out to halo wars oh yeah halo wars is fantastic and i love the um the rts games they're like that's one of my favorite genre of games and i mean halo and rts can't get better than that so yeah i mean the halo series started off as an rts before they made it a first person shooter Yep, and then they circled back around to those roots, yep. which is pretty cool. Which is cool. Uh, yeah, I've got one more game. It's NHL 2K6. Uh, oh, yeah. This was this was the game that that got me to be a Nashville Predators fan. Actually, um, oh, it was okay. yeah, it was the year of the NHL lockout, and that was the team I chose to play because they had fast players. Uh, back then, they had guys like David Legwand, who was really fast. They had. Um, they had uh, Steve Sullivan, who was really fast. They had Paul Correa, who was really fast. Uh, and then Shea Weber and Ryan Suter on defense. That was that was their team back then. Uh, and I played with them so much, I got to know all their players. And then when the NHL season started up again, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a Predators fan. So you might as well was, stick with it. Yeah, right? that was that was just how I became. I started watching them whenever I could. Um, so yeah, that was that was. It's, it's been it's it's been history since then. Yeah, I mean, you never turned back. No, I didn't ever turn back. A couple, uh, I feel like maybe a year or two later was was when my wife and not my wife at the time, but that we went to Nashville to see two games and stay a few days in the city. Um, so yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Man, there. I cannot wait for hockey to get back, Dan. Oh, I miss hockey so much. The, sports, we... sports in general, but mostly hockey. Uh, yeah, you know, we wouldn't well, have we wouldn't have football now anyway. So that uh, baseball, I don't I don't care about really. So, well, I think I would be watching a lot of baseball right now if it was on. Yeah, they need to be on, honestly. Yeah, people um, people need a distraction. I mean, at full disclosure here, I was the reason we didn't record yesterday because I wanted to watch the NFL draft so bad just because I needed sports, yeah. something just yeah. to like entertain myself that was not a video game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I miss sports a lot right now. I actually heard that one of the proposed plans for restarting the NHL season is having them play in like hub cities 
just have them play in like three or four um, NHL cities that are hub cities that are like safer than that. Yeah, obviously it wouldn't be the Rangers wouldn't be playing in New York City um, no. or anything like like Los Angeles wouldn't be one of them. Chicago wouldn't be one of them, like places like that. Detroit is another one that wouldn't be. But, you know, safer cities, probably Nashville would be one of them. Um, uh, North Dakota is going to be one of them. Oh, really? Yeah, they uh, have an incredible arena. Oh, the <laughs> yeah, the the college team has an incredible arena, which is cool. Yeah, they're like they're the team that people are pushing for, or the area that people are pushing forward in the NHL to like host these games, just because like I mean, coronavirus is really just isn't in North Dakota for the most part. Yeah, so um, that's why they want to go there, and they're gonna pick like three more places. Apparently, is kind of what they're thinking right now. I think that's a good plan, personally. Yeah, I mean. The leagues are losing so much money. They gotta like. They've gotta do something. Yeah, I, I think it's time now for things to start reopening again. You know, we. I think we we did a pretty good job of. I don't know. I say that as a New Yorker, and our state's a mess. But I think a lot of other places, it's not nearly as bad as it is here. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think some places uh, have the benefit of being able to open up, like North Dakota, for yeah. example. Like, I don't think that they should be shut down if they're contained yeah um so yeah i'm definitely all aboard like i mean baseball is thinking of doing uh games in arizona uh mm-hmm. where it's not as bad too, to like get the season going like i'm all for that i think there's a yankee exec that says that wasn't it's not practical but i mean come on it's this whole it's, year hasn't it, been practical i was gonna say it's better than nothing <laughs> which is what we yeah, have like, now you're losing money just play the games if you can somewhere just yeah like, pe- people I don't know. People are clamoring for sports. They really are. I just feel like beggars can't be choosers. Like nobody wants to delay the sport. Like yeah. that's not a thing. So if they have a way of playing it, if it's without fans, like just make more of an internet presence with the team. Like I don't know. I just feel like they're being very difficult for the sake of because it's different. They don't want to do that. You know. Yeah, as I said, the Yankees will not be playing in New York anytime soon. So. No. <laughs> So it's New York city, well especially play. is a mess. Might yeah, as well I play mean, elsewhere. Like, yeah. Like you look at NHL contracts, like how are they going to do it? Where teams are going to, or players are going to be on like their end of the last year of their contract yeah. playing for the teams. And then like what happens if they don't do the rest of the season, like trade clauses, it's just like, there's so much like you got to try and get the rest of the season in at some yeah, point. Absolutely. So absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's get into nibble bits, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so the first one, and it's it's a fairly big one, is there was a data breach at uh, at Nintendo, and 160,000 network IDs have been hacked. Yep, um, I was one. Yeah, what I'm gathering is a lot of it has to do with having your PayPal linked to your Nintendo account. Was your PayPal linked to your Nintendo account? Yeah. Yeah, I I that seems to be a common thread amongst the people that have been hacked. So cuz I was not hacked. I don't think any of uh, I, I don't think any of anyone in my household cuz we uh, you know, we have the the family plan thing, so we're all on the on the same thing. And I don't think any of us were were hacked cuz I would have gotten a notification about it, but um yeah. Me me and Eric were the two that were. Okay. But as far as I can tell, nobody stole anything from me. Yeah, yeah so. just they say to check and make sure because uh, Mike Fahey, 
of Kotaku fame had had his hacked and someone bought $200 worth of Fortnite stuff. Oh, so <laughs> he got his money back right away, but still it's a pain in the butt to have to deal with all that. Oh, uh, that's awful. That, that, that poor fella. Cause he's not had a good, not had a good no. deal with things. Well, then you have to call the bank and go through that hoop. And just, uh, yeah. that sucks. Yep. So that was, that was the big thing. So if you have your PayPal account, uh, tie to your Nintendo account, uh, untie it and change your password. That's what, that's what they're advising right now. So why did, why do with everything going on? Why does somebody need to do that? I don't know. Makes things worse. It's just, yeah. it's too much. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also in the news, Animal Crossing is having Earth Day events. Uh, there's been some new stuff added. One of them being the ability to add rare paintings to the museum. So the museum is going to expand. There's going to be, like I said, Earth Day stuff. So uh, I can get shrubberies and new flowers through a new character called Leaf, who I bought a bunch of stuff from yesterday. I got my first painting today. I guess my museum is going to be upgraded tomorrow. um, Okay. Because I submitted my first painting today. My Nook's Crossing, actually, along with a lot of other people's, was upgraded yesterday. Because you had to meet a couple requirements and then have played the game for 30 days. Um, so a lot of people uh, had their nook's cranny go down. Uh, which caused a scramble for people trying to sell their turnips for, for uh, big profits. Yeah, that'll happen with those turnips. Yeah. So I actually made a... I'll talk about it during my week, but I made a killing off my turnips this week, which was nice. I didn't know you had only a week to sell them, and I had 98 sitting in my inventory. Oh, uh, and they got rotten. Rotten. Did you get rid of them yet? Yes. Okay, because if you put them on the ground, ants will cl- cl- climb on them, and you capture the ants to, to give to Blathers at the museum. That game does everything. <laughs> yes, amazing. it does. Wow. I've played it. I played for about 150 hours, and I'm still discovering new things. Yeah, I mean... And I don't think that's going to named... change. Well, yeah, you just named off a bunch of new content. Yeah, they they did. Uh, a lot of this was someone did some data mining and, and found out some of this stuff, and they weren't sure if it was actually stuff that was going to be in the game or if it was stuff that got cut. And then sure enough, it did end up being in the game. So Now, when you say a new character, Leaf, is that somebody who just comes to visit the island? Yep, or... yep he comes to visit the island. There's Red, who is the – he's kind of a shady – art dealer and apparently he can sometimes sell you fake paintings which blathers will not accept at the museum because they're fakes but I, my first one that i bought from him was a, a legitimate painting so yeah it's <laughs> that's really that's funny it is it's good stuff um so there was that uh the free game on uh, on Epic Games right now is For the King, uh, so download it. It's available now. I downloaded it. I don't know anything about it, but I downloaded it because it's free. That's the spirit. Yeah. Oh, this was interesting. Oh, I wish I... I hope I can find out. So apparently, um, some of the NPCs in Fallout 76 have gone ghost all ghost in the machine doing they're apparently looting and stealing from uh player characters 
and like taking their stuff and what? keeping it. Yeah, really? uh, it's it's apparently not something that's supposed to happen in the game, but I thought that was cool that the the AIs kind of turned on the on the the the, the new NPCs <laughs> that they just added to the game have kind of turned on the on the players, <laughs> which I, I thought was funny. Uh, that that's my favorite story this week. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Just because, uh, like, I mean, they were didn't want to add NPCs dead, yep. and now they're turning on people. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I got for news. Will you have anything? Yeah, I have two things revolving around the same game. Uh-huh. Uh, there's been a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn two stuff that's kind of been starting to uh, leak out recently. Uh, one of them being that uh, there's hiring for it. Two, there's going to be potentially co-op. Uh, they're trying to figure out how they can work co-op into Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is supposed to be also a bigger game, and they're also planning a trilogy for Zero Dawn. Uh, that's all the new info that's kind of been slowly trickling out of uh, Sony with what's going on with that game. So, nice. uh, more credence, we're definitely going to be getting Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I'm going to guess when... Um, when they show off the PS5 officially is probably okay. when we'll we'll get it a lot of info on it. So I'm uh, really nice. looking forward to that. I literally cannot wait for that game. Yeah. I'm excited for HZD on PC sometime in the summer, hopefully. Hopefully very soon in the summer. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Oh, another thing. Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on May. It's yeah. a good deal. Sixth, I think. Um, I I was actually, uh, because again, I'm looking for something to play on the Xbox. I was about this close to, to buying it again. Cause I, I traded mine in when I got was maybe Luigi's mansion three. I was like, I probably, you know, I not played it for a couple months and I forgot what I was doing in it. So I traded in, I was like, I'm not going to probably want to play this again, but you know, now again, now more, more game time than, than ever before. So, or then recently. So I want to revisit that, but. I was going to buy it, but now I don't have to because it's on Game Pass. Or going to be on Game Pass. Was it worth the sacrifice of The Witcher? Well, the sacrifice is going to be Grand Theft Auto V. They're taking off. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it too. I I do want to play Grand Theft Auto V, but who knows when that's going to happen. But what else is your... Anything else for news, Will? kind of doing a run through uh google stadia launched three or launched a free version finally so there is that to check out um i think that might be it really yeah again it's it's there's not a lot of game news right now so because of the corona coronavirus slowing everything down yep uh how's your week will uh, pretty good. The main thing is uh, the NFL draft. Watched that. It's the first taste of sports that I've had in a while. Uh, I now have to be a Dolphins fan, and Eric and I have already fought about it. <laughs> it took sure. 15 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge Tua, Tonga Vailola fan. I uh-huh. have been. I know he's an injury risk, but he's fantastic to watch play. So I'm a huge fan of him. And Eric hates the Dolphins, so yeah. I knew right away that there was going to be an issue with that. Uh, 
So it's going to be fun. I, I love the NFL draft. It's my favorite. That and the NHL draft are the two drafts that I really like paying attention to. Um, I don't know why, because like, I don't care about baseball's draft at all. You know, basketball's draft, I don't really care about. But those are the two sports I really enjoy seeing. I think it's just because I'm the most plugged into those two sports. So, yeah. Um, watched that. That was a lot of fun. But other than that, just been home, doing work, playing video games. Been playing a lot of Persona. As uh-huh. I said earlier, I'm in my, like, 98th hour of gameplay. Nice. Um, having not slowed down with that at all. So, uh... I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I got a couple things to talk about. A couple music things, actually. Um, the first, I don't know if you ended up watching this, Will, but uh, the Machine Gun Kelly cover, Machine Gun Kelly, Travis Barker cover of uh, Paramore's Misery Business. Did you watch that? I did see it, yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was good. I did like I did like it. I am not a huge Machine Gun Kelly fan, but I always appreciate his... Uh, He's got a lot of roots to that, like, you know, punk music sort of sound. Yeah. Whereas, or like, the, the kind of rock music vibe, that, you know, that's not really popular anymore. But he's always paid homage to that and has always been influenced by that. So I have always appreciated him being kind of uh, supporting that. So. Yeah. So I, re- I really like the cover, but it, I was investigating a little more because I was interested when you said that, Will. He apparently mm-hmm. is coming out with a punk rock album over the summer. And that's really? why he that's kind of the reason why he did the 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 misery business cover with with Travis Barker. No way. Yeah, I did not know. That's that what the fa- that's what fans said in the in the YouTube comments. I can't I can't confirm that uh, at all because I, I don't know anything about Machine Gun Kelly either. Uh, other than that, you know, he's a he's a rapper. <clears throat> but apparently he is coming out, supposedly coming out with the rock album over the summer, which I thought was cool. I mean, he's most famous because he got into a fight with Eminem. Right, right, exactly. Uh, and being friends with Pete Davidson, too. <laughs> that, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I really like that cover. I listened to it quite a bit. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the range that Haley Williams does, but uh, he's the, I don't know. I just think his voice sounds cool with that song. It's kind of like raspy. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's weird because I listened to some of his other songs just because I had never heard any of his songs um, and it, it's definitely different than anything else he's ever, ever sung that I listened to. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a rapper, he kind of, he's very aggressive. Yeah. He speed. He raps fast too. Yeah. A lot of the time, which if you like that, you'd probably appreciate that sort of sound. But he actually has a song called, um, I can't remember what it's called right now off the top of my head, but it features Travis Barker and Youngblood. Okay. Uh, and that's really good because it's also kind of like a, a punk rock sort of song. Oh, cool. uh, and it's really, it's really good. I would recommend, I can get you the title. Yes. Or send me a link maybe. Cause I will forget to look. It's going to bother me if I don't find out yeah, what it that's is. Fine. Um, so there was that, um, I'm mostly going over just stuff that has interested me over the past week. Uh, there's another thing that came out, um, I don't know if you knew, Will, but Mark Hoppus has a Twitch channel that he goes on that he plays video games and stuff on. He he plays Blink-182 songs. But apparently, when he was live streaming some Animal Crossing, uh, someone brought up the Blink-182 collaboration that they did with Miley Cyrus. It was, uh, was it every, Everything I Hate About You? 
or what I, I hate about what I hate about you. I can't remember the name of the song. It was, but I, like I know the song. I'm just not good with song names. Um, but he was like, uh, and he was visibly like shaken by the question. He's like, I'm gonna be right back. I got to contact some people because uh, apparently no one was, no one had known about it, and somehow this person in the Twitch chat had found out about it and asked asked Mark Hoppus about it while he was playing Animal Crossing. Um, so I thought that was, that was kind of cool, but yeah, he came back and said, yeah, that they had done a collaboration with Miley Cyrus on the, on that song. And, uh, it just never, it never came out. They don't really, it seemed like he didn't even know why the song never released. It just never ended up being released. Uh, it was on YouTube for a while, but I tried to find it and it's gone everywhere that I can see that I've been able to see so far. So. I've always been under the impression that artists are always making music and collaborating with each other. It's just a matter of fact, if they can get past a, if it's good enough for them to actually put out and like try to figure out all of the, the bulk app behind of Yeah. The, the money, the money making, the money making behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So I always assume that they're always just recording with each other and just like coming up with cool stuff and just from there trying to figure out if they're actually going to put it out or not. Yeah, because I so would love he have to hear to that. Get permission to talk about it? Is that? What I I do? don't know. I don't know if he didn't like he didn't want to be tra- trapped. But like, yeah, he's like, I got to contact some people about this, and I don't even know if it was later that stream or if it was another stream that he was doing where he was again playing Animal Crossing when he was talking about it, which I found interesting. I never would have pictured Mark Hoppus as being an animal crossing guy but he was playing animal crossing um uh yeah he's he he just a like a blur a blur you can probably find it on twitter uh it was just walking through this field of flowers and talking about talking about music and stuff it was cool um uh, but yeah like i don't know if he he contacted someone and then came back later and was like yeah we we did a collaboration with miley cyrus um but i would love to hear that that's fantastic that is pretty that's interesting yeah <laughs> that's a very interesting combo yep I mean, if I was an artist, I'd always be trying to do music from other genres. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so that was my, I don't even, the Machine Gun Kelly thing came up randomly on my YouTube feed. I don't, I, I feel like I was watching a game video and that just came up and I was like, what? Because I, I love that song. So anytime that song pops up on anything, I click mm-hmm. on it. But I was like, Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly doing a cover for Misery Business? What? What is this? And I just clicked on it and. It, you, it, it worked. The algorithm worked on me, YouTube. So there you go. They know. I know Machine Gun Kelly used to play like Blink-182 stuff live. Like he would play um, I Miss You live. Okay. He would do First Date live. Like he'd play a lot of like Blink-182 music live. This is like people who are at a show for like rap. Yeah. So he would always do that. Nice. Again, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do always appreciate him doing that because yeah. that's the music i grew up on and yep. i feel like nobody gives it any love so yeah um it was funny because i was again i was looking for the miley cyrus video so i went on reddit for a little bit and i was surfing around there and you know they were talking about um the blink 182 and some 41 and green day kind of the the heyday of of pop punk and who you like and why. And everyone, everyone pretty much is in the same boat as me. Is like, love everything Blink-182 has ever put out green day. I haven't liked one of their, uh, any of their music in like 10 years. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's about me too. I've actually <clears throat> been working out to American idiot a lot recently. It's though. a great album. Really? It is. I that was, I think there was, their, that was their last good album. In my opinion, they've had a few. Okay. Songs since then, but I haven't liked anything of theirs since then. 
Yeah. Any any al any albums, some of their songs. Even even on the albums that I liked. Oh, Johnny says Green Day is greater than Blink. That this is a hotly debated topic. <laughs> oh, is it I'm really? On, yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's a war zone. <laughs> gotcha. When we get debating that. Oh, that's funny. It's better than our Beatles discussion, at least, because okay. I trash the Beatles. Oh, sure. I'm the only one. Yeah. Oh, I, I know you're you're in in good company with with the Beatles discussion here, Will, because I know I don't care for the Beatles and Eric hates the Beatles. So I feel like I'm so alone out there when I'm yeah. in the wild. Oh, you're I very yeah. We're a very rare breed where we <laughs> those of us that, that don't like the Beatles. I it's remember hilarious. there there was a day me Evan and Johnny were actually like really like arguing each other with each other over the Beatles because. Yeah. They liked them. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> back and forth for a while. Yeah, see, I'm I like I like some of their songs. I just don't like like. That's how I'm with a lot of artists. Like I'll like a handful of their songs, but I don't like the artist, the the group, or whatever as a whole. Uh, this is very very common. Like you know, even a country like there'll be a random country song that I like, but I don't like the artist and the majority of their work, but you know, they have a good song or two, what have you uh, very much that way outside like blink 182 is one of the few bands I can like listen from cover to cover. The only song I ever consistently skip when I'm listening to blink 182 is Adam's song. Cause it's just too sad. Mm. And I, I, yeah. I don't like to listen to that. It's that a great song. song. It's a great song. I just, it's too sad, but anyway, that's yeah. enough music talk for now. Ah, <sighs> So much going on. Um, we uh, ordered our fourth switch for our household today. Wow! Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Val's switch. So uh, she's gonna have her own. I think it's coming Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, so that's exciting. Actually, I've been trying to get her to get her own switch for a while because um, she's always like, "Oh man, I just want to play play some video games." But it's hard it's hard to fight for either switch access or TV access um in our household so she'll at least just have her have her own so she can play whatever she wants whenever she wants yeah Um, you know this whole situation too is very stressful she's got so much crap she has to do for work it's it's unbelievable and she has to do it at home while you know she's down here which it's a little more quiet but like my kids have homeschooling stuff that they have to do so i have to fight with them to come downstairs so she can help them do it so like it's a lot so she you know gets stressed out about all of it New York passed a bunch of dumb new laws about and it's it's all like weird stuff that she has to handle uh, with with her her job. New York. No, (laughs) I I know exactly. Um, But so I I, I keep telling her, I'm like, get your own switch. Like video games have made me get through all this because like my kids trash the house and demand food from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. So it's it's been stressful for me too to have because at least when when my older two were in school, it was it, it, I could have the twins like watch something on TV and it would give me time to clean and there's just not that time. Like I I think I talked about last week, but I circle the house and clean and get food like just all day and yeah. it's still a mess. I, like every step I take in the house, I'm tripping over a toy or someone's dirty laundry that they flew through on the floor or a chip bag that they left on the floor. Like it's just. Well, but video games have helped me get through that. So I told her to get her own switch. So she's going to get her own switch. I think she's going to start with Mario Odyssey too, which is a great Ooh, game yeah. to play. Um, that's Good a, pick. that's a very, very much a de-stressor game for me. 
So uh, she got the yellow switch light. Okay. So my my daughter has the turquoise switch light, so she's got the yellow switch light. They were finally like the, stuck on target. I like the various colors for the switch lights. Yep. Uh, I like all the colors. I like the Pokemon one too, which mm-hmm. is it's a very nice design. Uh, I pro- my favorite would probably be the coral one that just came out. But that one's oh, they really put out a coral one. Yeah, it's it's very hard to find still. Even even harder than the switches normally. Like that's that's sold out immediately. So um, there's that. Tomorrow is my son's ninth birthday. My oldest son's ninth birthday, which is crazy. Woo. Happy birthday, Max! Yeah, uh, he's excited for it. We had pizza and wings tonight for supper, which is his favorite meal. Um, so t- yeah, tomorrow's his birthday. We, we're not having a party, obviously, because of the corona um but yeah poor max yeah i don't think he cares that much (laughs) (laughs) he's like me he doesn't doesn't he just wants his food and his presence and he'll be a happy camper that's that's a good way to be (laughs) through all this especially at his age because if i was nine and my birthday kind of got derailed from coronavirus i would have been very upset yeah no he doesn't doesn't mind at all um god i feel like there was something else i had to talk about uh if i don't make a list i forget i'm glad i'm surprised i remembered all the stuff that i did remember actually um that's everything i think uh we can get into what we played uh will we'll start with you what have you been playing uh i know you've been playing persona 5 yeah pretty much just persona 5 royal right now um i just there's a certain point in the game where because when you're starting the game takes a very long time for you to kind of get to the point where you're making really good progress on everything because there's these things called social stats and you have to you have knowledge charm guts proficiency and kindness uh and you need to raise those to be able to unlock more like confidant stuff which is your relationships and social links with different people so like you need to have those high enough to be able to do specific stuff with certain people so there's a certain point in this game where you get high enough like because i played persona 5 beat it loved it i'm kind of efficient on my time on what i want to do for this playthrough so i have more time to be able to do everything that i want uh, so uh, after I want to say the palace, the fourth or fifth palace around that, I kind of reached the point where like I'm pretty efficient with my path on everything. So I just kind of hit the ground running and just do everything. And like, there's a lot of stuff that I missed in my first playthrough because I wasn't efficient with my time and how I did things. But of course, like with this one, I am. So I've experienced way more of the game this time. So like I said, I'm at 98 hours right now. Uh-huh. And I still have uh, another... There's the new content that they added in Royal that I have to do. So I'll have that. And I'm at the second to last palace for the original game. So I'm probably going to be way deeper i'm gonna be at like 150 hours if i were to guess wow for this game which is insane uh-huh. um but i will say like i am very over leveled right now like i think my characters are all in the 70s out of probably 99 i don't know i don't think i got to level 70 in my first playthrough of persona 5 oh, so wow. um yeah i'm really really loving the game my biggest complaint is the big pitch to this game was that there was a new character that added playable which is kasumi so 
that's like was the marketing campaign. I am on the second to last palace and she's still not a party member. Really? So I think it kind of sucks that you'll have maybe 20 hours with her. And like, she was kind of marketed as being like this brand new playable character that you get to play with a lot. And there's literally times in the game where you ask her to join. She says, no, this is kind of spoiler, but I don't really care because people have no context for it. And then she tries joining you and you say, no, it's like, can you just give me the new character? Yeah. You promised. Yeah, really? Seriously. So I'm a little bummed out about that, but, uh, whatever it's still a fantastic game i still stand by my statement where i said it was the best jrpg ever because i think i really think it is nice so i'm gonna try and have it beat by next podcast i don't know if i will though okay very cool that's my goal did you play anything else uh no i haven't really even been playing pokemon because i've just been playing persona and doing like work around the house, so I've been fairly busy. Yeah, well, like you said too, you have to. Uh, it, Corey's Corey ordered a PS4 for himself, so you're gonna have um, what's its face coming? Final Fantasy VII remake coming pretty soon here. So better believe it. Yeah, so you got to get that done, huh? Yeah, I'm actually really excited to play the remake. I've. <sighs> I've been, I've wanted to get it, but I know I can't spend $60 right now. Sure. So that's kind of like stopped me from doing it, which yeah. is kind of good, honestly. So, um, looking forward to Corey getting a PlayStation. I'm very surprised he ended up getting it. Like, I didn't think he would. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he can get caught up now on a lot of the PlayStation games he missed out on. Yeah, I mean, I was telling him all the games that I have. Like, I have Horizon, I have God of War, I have Persona 5 Royal, I have the Assassin's Creed Odyssey with all of the DLC. Like, I have all of that stuff on yeah. here, so you'll be able to play all of it. Yep, now's the time. For sure. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. I got a couple things. So, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I'm up to, like, 150 hours. I actually scaled back a little bit, but... Uh, I've been slowly but surely like trying to uh, not decorate, but design every inch of my island. So I spent some, I don't know if I talked about last week, but I I wanted to make a big, like big, like Roros waterfall uh, falls of Roros from Lord of the Rings, like behind my, uh, behind my house. So I kind of have that visible. So I I spent some time doing that. I made a Mm -hmm. farm all the way off to the left-hand side where I have my whole orchard, and they have a couple other things that aren't necessarily stuff that you can harvest, but uh, the, to make it look like a farm, I put a, a, a silo in there and a water spigot and, and like a, a fruit stand type of thing. Uh, in the upper right hand side of my island, I put in like a like a Zen garden type of stuff. I have some bamboo in there, and I've got a fountain. Um, I've got the Zen walls, uh, stone arches around the way i've got a few other places like because you know, I've, I've, I've separated my island like i've got my sort of my business area when you first walk in and then off to the right uh when you get off of the got out of the airport it's the residential area where i have the, all the houses and like i've got a little park and then a, a picnic bench and all that stuff so I'm, I'm i'm slowly but surely working out all that stuff I, i've got the campsite in the top left hand corner uh of my island, but I've still got a few places that I need to figure out what I want to do. So that's what I've been working on. Um, I spent 
Last Sunday, I spent 250,000 bells on turnips because they were 92. Yeah, 92 bells per turnip. And I sold them for 452 bells per turnip. So I I almost made, I almost made, it was a little over, it was four and a half times profit. So I ended up with like 1.2 million bells from my, from my sale. That's Um, insane. Yeah. So I made. How many did you say did you have again? What's that? How many uh, turnips did you have to sell? I, I don't remember how many I bought, but it was it was like two hundred and fifty thousand bells worth of turnips at ninety two wow. bells per turnip. So I could do the math, but I'm not gonna. But it took up my whole like I, I store them in my bathroom for now, uh, in my house, and it took up the entire floor in my bathroom. That's, so that's insane. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm still digging Animal Crossing. We have three copies of Animal Crossing in my house now. Uh, my daughter has one digitally on her switch. My son has a physical copy for his switch. Um, I don't think we're going to get another copy once my wife gets her switch. I think she'll just play the physical copy, um, of my son's when, when she wants to play animal crossing. So, uh, but they've been, been to my Island a few times. Um, they're slowly working on their own, their own islands. It's, it's a bit overwhelming for them. Uh, you know, cause it's the first type of game that they've played like that. We played yeah. Stardew Valley together, which is similar, but I'm playing with them. Uh, so, you know, I can guide them on what we're supposed to be doing. Whereas this, they kind of just play on their own. Uh, I, I guide them a little bit, but. Yeah, but they're kind of not Excuse used me. to that style of game, right? No, not at all. Uh, my, my son actually asked, he's like, what, like what type of game is Stardew Valley or not Stardew Valley? Uh, Animal Crossing, even I'm like it's a it's a simulation game. It's supposed to not be real life, but it's supposed to simulate aspects of real life. Um, so, did he ask why you would want to play a game that mimics real life? No, actually, he he kind of got it. I explained to him a couple like what a couple other like simulation games were. Um, so he, he was he was pretty interested in all that. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's been fun. Um, they both had peaches as they're starting through on their island. What are the chances? I know it's it's weird. Uh, and none of them had any new flowers either. They all had the same flowers that I had on my island, which was unfortunate. But when Leaf came, I was able to buy. So I had lilies, tulips, and lilies, tulips. I got pansies from somewhere, and then I got uh, what was the other one? Oh, windflowers. Uh, but when Leaf came and brought the, he brought azaleas and something else, some other type of, uh, so not hedge, but it, a different kind of plant. Doesn't yeah. matter. But I also bought roses and mums, so I have those that I just planted yesterday that are that I'm waiting waiting to grow. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a decent amount of Animal Crossing. Not slowing down, really. I slowed down a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's mostly because I started playing Breath of the Wild again. Oh boy! And I've played a buttload of Breath of the Wild. Uh, so the other night, my my twins we finally put in in big boy beds, and that ended up being a disaster. Um, they were up until four o'clock in the morning the other night. So I stayed out in the living room to make sure they didn't come out of bed, Ouch. and I, I played Breath of the Wild that entire time. Uh, but I've, I've played other times, uh, in addition to that, I probably, probably 20 hours in the past three or four days. Um, 
but I started master uh, startup master mode playthrough uh, with the Pro HUD, which the Pro HUD is the heads up display that only has hearts on it, so you can tell what your health is, but everything else is not on the on the screen, which is really fun. It both opens up the game like the the world, but also like I said, there's nothing nothing on the screen um, other yeah. than the hearts and 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 the game. So it's it's been really fun. Um, not quite like playing the game again for the first time, but close. Yeah, so. it kind of it gives a new like flavor into the game. Yeah, that you didn't have for the first time. Yep, because you don't have the notifications about about what the weather what, what weather's coming. So like a storm will come on if you don't see it coming up in the sky. Like it just kind of you know starts raining and you're like, oh, I better better be careful here. Uh, same thing with temperature. Same thing with there's no mini map, so you actually have to either navigate by sight, which I try to do most of the time. Um, but you know sometimes I'll I'll call up the map. Uh, but master mode also has the health that regenerates for the bad guys, so you have to. You have to really use your smarts a lot more than than just the regular mode, um, and then it also has. I don't know if you've seen any of this, will, but the floating platforms with enemies on them. Yeah, yeah, that's also really a really fun thing to 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 deal with because, like, like I'll be walking on a on a really high bridge, and there's a couple um, whatever bacoblins that are on the platform, and I'll sneak up and I'll shoot the balloons, and it'll dump the bad guys off the, off the thing that into the river. So I'm like, cool. yeah, it's, it's just, it's just fun adding that extra, extra element into the game. Um, so I've done the first divine beast. I, I did uh, divine beast, uh, Varuda. So I have yep. Mifa's grace and I just got to Rito village. I'm getting ready to do Vameto so I can get, uh, Rivali's Gale. Rivali's Gale is the most helpful, right? Because that helps you fly, or is it Mifa? For me, it's Rivali's Gale. Okay. Because Mifa's Grace revives you, but you you get revived if you have a fairy. Yeah. Too. So I, I always I always make sure thing. I have a stock of three to four fairies, um, if I can. Yeah. There's been times where I get hit a bunch, like right in a row, and I'll lose all my fairies because pretty much when I get hit by something strong, it, it kills me. I think I have, I think I have five hearts. Most of the time, um, I put most of the 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 shrines and stuff I put towards my my stamina so I can climb stuff better. Um, so I, yeah. I still have to be careful about getting hit, but um, yeah, that's the way to play that game. It's it's so good, so good. Oh, man, I want to go back to it really bad. I yeah. didn't bring it, unfortunately, back home, so I can't play it for a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, That's good stuff. So I played that. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this at all, but I don't know if you, and I don't know if you heard, but HQ Trivia is back. Really? Yeah. So HQ Trivia uh, went away for a little while. The company closed up, but it got bought by someone else, and it came back maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, really? And it's, it's been nice because it's back to basics, which I like. Um, so for a while they were doing, you had like levels and you got experience. And as you leveled up, like you didn't have to worry about answering the question correctly, but they, they've, they've trimmed all that back. You get, they still have extra lives. So once per round, if you have an extra life uh, or once per, once per game, if you have an extra life, you can come back in. Uh, which I, I'm fine with that, but for the most part, um, it's it's it. Other than that, it's back to the back to the basics. It's twelve questions. Um, you know, you t- 
try to win. So I, I actually did win one a couple nights ago in HQ trivia. So uh, back, Thanks, back so you already, already won one. <laughs> I already won one. Yeah, I won like a dollar sixty five or something like that, uh, which Not was bad. nice. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 fun. It's I like that it's back to basics. You know, yeah. There's been some games where my wife and I got the second question wrong and we're out. Like you know, we didn't get to stay in because we had high levels because we played every game. You know, it's just it's back to basics. It's, it's how it should be. It's trivia how it should have always been instead yep. of trying to make it into a convoluted like leveling game. Yep. Yeah. So um, so that's good stuff. I'm, it, it's actually nice that it's back too. That's kind of uh, my wife and I's like nightly routine is we'll finally get the older two kids to bed and we'll play HQ trivia. It, it starts a little after nine. Uh, and then after we're done with that, then we'll go to do whatever. If we're going to watch Game of Thrones or, you know, play video games or whatever, then we do that after. So it's glad yeah. it's back. It's been fun. Nightly tradition again. Yeah, exactly. We had it going for a while. Um and then, then it closed down. It was, it was kind of sad. But yeah, and whoever bought it is like, uh, I think doing a good job running it too. They they wish to remain anonymous, so I don't know who, who ended up buying it and is funding it. But they've donated like a ton of money to coronavirus charities and um, all Scott that stuff. So. <laughs> I don't think it's Scott Rogowski. It might be. <laughs> uh, he left. Should be. He, it should be, but he left on on uh not good terms i guess with whoever the whoever the previous administration for hq trivia was yeah i mean he was part of the reason why hq trivia had any charm whatsoever oh yeah he he was great uh the the host now is actually really good too it's uh matt richards who's a another comedian and he he does a great job too so was it the guy that used to do it yeah he did he did it before okay he was yeah. After Scott Rogowski left, he kind of took over as the the primary host. They would occasionally have uh, someone else from one of the other, like uh, they had Anna Roisman from HQ Words would occasionally host it, or um, Lauren Gambino who did HQ Sports. She would occasionally host it. But yeah, there was an HQ Sports. Yep, there was a sports one that was that was on at seven like twice a week, I think. I didn't know that at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, I only won that one once. That was was the questions a lot harder. I mean, it was hard for me because outside of hockey and like football and baseball, baseball from like the mid nineties to the mid two thousands, I didn't know any, you know, I didn't know. So yeah. I mean, you could get like it a was soccer, the, question well, no soccer basketball. I had no idea. So <laughs> that was a lot of the questions. Yeah, so you're just like, I don't know yeah. that one. No, I, I I feel like they did a uh, hockey one, and I think I got out on the last question on that one. I don't even think that was the one I won. So, Come on, Dan, you're better than that. <laughs> it was a kind of a trick question. I don't remember what it was specifically at this point, but it was kind of, I think it was kind of a trick question. Anyway, but yeah, HQ's back, and that's all I've been playing that i could think of i played a few rounds of fortnite it had been a, like a month since i played fortnite i got smoked uh but it's because there's a bunch of new weapons that i don't know what they do so i've got to figure that out i want to get back into playing fortnite like at least a couple times a week i don't want to lose my my muscle Scale. memory for it. yeah um i got a couple couple eliminations a couple good eliminations but yeah i, I gotta learn what the new weapons do before i can be effective again uh, so yeah, that's everything I think. 
We have Gears Tactics coming soon, too. Yeah, that's next week, right? Yep. Pretty pumped about that. I won't be able to play that right away because I'm not going to be around my Xbox, but I'm pretty excited to play that. Yeah. Yep, as am I. Um, Okay. Let's see. Let's see if we have feedback. I don't know if we do. Oh, we got we got email from Tito from a little while ago. Tito. Oh, I'm sorry, Tito. I'll I'll I'm gonna respond to this tonight. It doesn't look like we have any feedback, so uh I'll I'll write back to Tito tonight. Um yeah, let's uh any ideas for next week, Will? Uh, no. Because I don't either. But we'll have something. Th- we'll be back on Thursday next week, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I got nothing. So okay. Yeah, same here. Um. Yeah, no ideas. <laughs> I, I don't really know. We'll yeah, come we'll up with look. something because we, we came up with this idea today, um, which was a good one. A good one to do because it, it was an easy one to come up with with games that were great on the Xbox 360. So. Yeah, I knew we would be able to come up with some good stuff for the 360. Yeah. So, uh, last second. Yep. We'll be back next week. Um, that'll do it for episode 453 of Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement.